Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode, number 309, I've invited expert couple Harville Hendricks and Helen Hunt on the show to help guide us in how to have safe conversations. The point of all that is that you have to hold, and I mean this, listen to, hold, not react to another person's experience without trying to change it, without being critical of it or anything. And when you do that, the other person's amygdala, which is the emotional center of their brains, will be overtaken by the prefrontal cortex, which is the rational part of their brain, and they will calm down. And then you can connect uh, without the emotional conflict. And it works every time. It works with parents, with children, couples with each other. It is uh, something that we now know scientifically that if you mirror another person back accurately and with warmth and not and no judgment, no trying to change their minds, something will happen inside of them that will be marvelous. In 1980, Harville and Helen co-created the Imago Relationship Theory. They have included it in their New York Times bestseller, Getting the Love You Want. Harville's been on The Oprah Show 17 times. And since that original creation, they have now developed the safe conversations training that they offer to therapists and lay people, couples, uh, to help teach people how to engage in one of the most dangerous things, having a conversation. So in this episode, I've invited them on to share a little of their story, some of their marriage struggles, and encourage us in a, it seems simple, y'all, to just be a good listener, to mirror back what you hear, to listen without judgment, but it's harder than you think, and it has a bigger impact than you can imagine. I'll share a little bit at the end of the episode of us trying this around the dinner table with our boys, and I have a special code for y'all to get a discount off of their trainings if you are looking to learn a little bit more on how to have safe conversations. But let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Harville and Helen, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Oh, well, thank you. We are delighted to be here. We're big supports of moms. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, moms are really thankful for y'all. And I know that your current endeavor, Safe Conversations, it didn't just start this last year, that this has been a long road uh, coming. And so I'd love to know a little bit more of the backstory of Harville, where where you got started and what even caused you to realize that this is what relationships need, that they need to know how to have safe conversations. Well, oh, well, thank you for that question, because there is a backstory about how we moved into conversation and then called it safe conversation as the primary uh, form of interaction between couples. And later on, we learned it was also a primary value uh, to have safe conversations with parents and children, and then in corporations and, and all other ecosystems. But what led us to the focus on conversation was for years in the practice of couples therapy, we focused on helping couples understand themselves. And that was a kind of a traditional model in which, you know, was at the beginning of the therapeutic revolution in the uh, early 19th century, late 18th, early 19th century with Freud, 
Sigmund Freud, the founder of psychotherapy, that what you needed to do in order to become a healthy person was explore your inner world and begin to understand how it was related to your past, see what your internal dynamics are. And once you brought all of that up into your conscious mind, you would then have moved into an ability to function differently in the world. So for many, many years, a decade or so, I worked out of that model with couples, and I found that it was not very successful. What I noticed during that time was Helen and I, with Helen's initiative, created a a way to talk that we now call Safe Conversations. At that time, it was called Imago Dialogue. It still is called that in therapy, but we moved it out of therapy into the public domain called Safe Conversations, so dialogical process, and that what really transformed couples and, and did it rapidly was how they talked to each other and that the dialogue process was a structure that uh, through which they talked to each other and that that is what changed them, not their insights, not their information, and not their personal uh, self-understandings. So we be- then developed a, a uh, what we call a, a new model in which instead of moving from the inside, which is understand yourself, then you can behave differently in the outer world. We find that didn't work. You move from the outside in instead of the inside out. The outside was the conversation between two people and the quality of that conversation, not what they talked about, not the content, but the quality is what changed their inside. Mm -hmm. And the quality meant that they were relating to each other they were safe, they were respectful, they talked responsibly, they gave up negativity, and they began to uh, live in affirmations with each other rather than with judgment and criticism. And things changed dramatically. And we found that that works across the board uh, with, uh, with everybody, that when you get into a situation where you feel safe and, you, and your conversation is safe, then you change inside. It does something to your neurochemistry and does something also to your uh, to the structures of your brain. So that's how all that got started was discovering something that worked and just reversing the process that worked with couples. And then we brought this into the public domain and relabeled it safe conversations. And that's what the project Helen and I are engaged in now, which is a kind of global movement to bring this to the planet. It's amazing. And I uh, I know when we were talking earlier, Helen, you mentioned that, you know, sometimes people think, well, we're too far gone. You know, there's always these barriers to trying or starting anything. And um, you wanted to offer encouragement to that listener who said, well, that sounds great. Maybe that did work, but you don't know our relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I just uh, mentioned to Heather, for anyone who's interested when they hear Harville talk about safe conversations, and I like to talk about it too, we sound like, do this, do this. You'll have a good relationship. Do this, do like, and and the person listening goes, they don't understand my marriage. They don't understand how hard it is to live with the person I live with. And so I just mentioned to Heather that we can, well, actually, I love, Harville gives me permission to talk about Harville and I almost got a divorce after 20 years of marriage and delivering a Mongo therapy all over the world in the way Harvard was doing. And I was right behind him and a Mongo therapy was 
growing global and Alanis Morissette and Oprah just kept marketing him and marketing amogatherapy. And we were suffering because we weren't doing it at home ourselves. Mm. And so we went, we, I dragged him to therapy. I dragged Harville to therapy, Heather. And then um, the therapist kept firing us because they called us the couple from hell. <laughs> and then, um, and we had no choice but go to the divorce lawyers. And we told the, all the Imago community we were divorcing and our family we were divorcing. And then Harville at the last minute said, look, why don't we try a few more things? And we tried those things and we had the best, we had the happiest marriage I can imagine. We are deeply in love. So I would just say that. So I don't want anyone to give up. Yeah. I can imagine maybe there's always a one spouse that's interested in trying the safe conversation and you have to convince the other spouse to do it. And you may think, well, we have so much conflict, it's impossible. I remember hearing y'all say that conflict is future growth waiting to happen or some, some, I might be messing up your quote, but that feels like, oh, it takes away the negativity of the conflict and provides potential and hope. Yes. Yeah. And what's important about that phrase is that when people are in conflict, they're really trying to get something done, Hmm. but they are doing it in a way that prevents it from being done uh, because the conflict is generated by being negative toward each other. But then being negative, when you say to your partner, why didn't you do so-and-so and you didn't do so-and-so and you should do so-and-so, you're trying to get them to do something positive, but you're using a negative technique which arouses their defenses, and therefore they have no motivation. In fact, they have a motivation not to do it because then, you know, something they'd have to give in or something. So that what's really important is to learn how to talk so that your partner will listen. And if, let's say, one person learns about safe conversations, uh, the question is, well, how do I get my partner engaged? Well, be a safe conversation partner for your partner. And, uh, and there are certain uh, safe conversation techniques that anybody can use in their relationship with their partner or in relationship with their children that will change the dynamics of the interaction and make uh, the other person interested in what are you doing? Uh, you've not done that before. Or if they don't say that, they will just change. You'll see that they will calm down, won't be as defensive and will become more relational and sometimes more curious. It's like we have these scripts and we fall into our typical scripts. And if one of the partners changes the script, it kind of disrupts the normal argument. Exactly. Yes. If, if it's like in playing in tennis. If I give, if I change the serve, you have to change the response. Yeah. And sometimes we'll say to about our partners, well, you know, they'll never do that. They, they, they won't do that. And what Helen just saying is don't give up. Do something different. And I think the emphasis Helen and I make is you have to do something different. It is changing your behavior. And we're saying this now in a sort of radical way. You don't have to change your point of view about some topic or understand something about your history to do something different. And we can guarantee you that if you change your input, you will get different output. And this is where we encourage couples and individuals and parents to experiment with a new way of talking. And you'll see that the response of people around you will be different from the old way of talking.
Hey, y'all, wanted to hop in here and tell you something that I hope will help you. It is BetterHelp Online Counseling. I know motherhood's hard. I know right now is hard. When I had my fourth son, I ended up seeing a counselor to help me with my anxiety and depression, and it was a huge, huge help to get me unstuck and to move forward in my mothering and to be the best mom that I could be. And so I want to connect you with BetterHelp because you can start communicating with a professional therapist and under. 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. They have a broad range of professional counselors with different expertise that they can match you with. You log on to your account anytime. You can send a message to your counselor. You're going to get a thoughtful response. You could schedule weekly videos or phone sessions. You don't have to worry about finding childcare. You could do it during nap time. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. And so They even make it affordable. They have financial aid available. They want you to start living your happier life today. You can go to their website. You can read the reviews. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And join over a million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. There's a special offer for Don't Mom Alone listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash DMA. That's betterhelp.com forward slash DMA to get 10% off your first month. I love it. I'm ready. Are you ready to train us? So how do I become a safe conversationalist? Well, One of the important things is the first interaction, which is if you want to talk to your partner, Heather, Mm -hmm. uh, you say to Bruce, is now a good time to talk to you about, and then you give him the topic. We call that making an appointment. Mm -hmm. Now, that may sound like formal. I don't want to make an appointment with my partner. Uh, Well, if you don't make an appointment, here's an analogy. You start talking to your partner without an appointment. You're actually saying to her or him, I want to run my movie on your movie screen. Would you stop looking at your movie and look at mine? Hmm. And most of the time, you know, if you're a compliant person, you'll say, well, okay. And if you're kind of a rebellious person, uh, you'll say, well, no, I'm busy looking at my movie. I don't want to watch your movie. But if the partner says, could I uh, show you my movie? It is now a good time. Then you can say, well, let me finish watching mine. Or yes, sure, I'd be glad to turn mine off and look at yours. In other words, you make an appointment to have the conversation. Then the conversation is about what the topic is rather than the negativity involved in violating each other's boundaries. Boundaries are absolutely important. And when you cross a boundary personally or with a group or with a nation, you produce conflict. And as you know, with nations, that can often lead to war. So let's, Helen and I do just a brief setup about what this would look like. And we'll use a process called, uh, uh, shall we just do an appreciation? So, uh, Helen, uh, hi. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's not a good time to share with you an appreciation uh, oh, for you. Horrible. I was in the middle of something. You were in the middle right of now. something. Okay. I'm sorry. But listen, how about in five minutes? Okay. Because if you let me finish this, I'll be totally focused on you. Okay. So you'll say, yeah, you are available in five minutes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Five minutes later. Uh, hey. Hey, hey Harville. Okay, I'm now available. And what's important is that Helen come back and initiate with me 
her availability so that I don't have to ask her twice. And now Harville has my undivided attention. So the first thing to know, and kids need to do this to their parents, and parents should do this with their kids. You could teach your kids to do this. So so I'm going to give you an appreciation. Are you available for it now? Oh, really? Yeah. You want to give me an appreciation? I want to give you an appreciation. Well, yes, yes. And, and you're, you're available. Yes, okay. I'm available. Well, uh, the appreciation to you is something that's uh, really touching to me. And that is that this morning and uh, every morning, practically every morning, you come to the bathroom. You, you're up early and you come to the bathroom where I'm uh, getting ready, dressing or doing whatever I'm doing. And you bring a cup of coffee to me. And it's uh, what's amazing about this cup of coffee is that it's, it's the temperature I like. Uh, you never bring me a cold or lukewarm cup of coffee. It's really a hot cup of coffee. Uh, you know how much sweetener I want in it and that I want uh, stevia, not sugar, and that I want foam milk. Um, not cream, and you bring it just right. And there's a little uh, spice that you <laughs> that you put on top. So it's like a gift every morning. And I just want to know that that touches me so deeply, kind of creates memories in me. That the first thing you do in the morning is to tell me that I'm important to you. Oh, and here's a gift, oh, and I wanted you to know how well, much well, I appreciate that. Well, let me see if I got it. What I'm hearing you say is you just want to share an appreciation, and it's that I bring that cup of coffee yes. every morning, yep. that I'm up early, and I, I know exactly how you want it yep. with the frothed milk yep. and often fresh ground coffee beans yes. and, and uh, spices on top, yep. and that you really appreciate yeah. That's they're waiting for you when you're getting dressed. It's waiting for me and when you're getting dressed. Yeah. Okay. And, and I want to tell you, I think the reason oh, that... And is there more about that? Well, yeah. They, the, the more about it is when you, when you bring that, I really feel valued and appreciated. And I also have a memory. Uh, it triggers a memory. And the memory is that when I was um, young, I lived with my sister because my parents had died. I was living with my sister. And she would do two things that was similar to that. And one was uh, when I went to bed at night, she would always turn the cover back. Uh, out on the farm, it was cold. She'd turn the cover back. Uh, so I always went, when I went to my bed, the cover was always turned back by my sister. I never asked her to do that. She just did that. And then breakfast in the morning, she knew that I, <laughs> kind of a, she knew what kind of breakfast I liked. And I liked a you know, biscuit some bacon and a scrambled egg. And when I got to the kitchen and before I got on my way to the um, school bus, uh, there would be that breakfast. And what you do with that triggers all those pleasant and positive memories from my childhood. And so you're just lumped into being my feeling cared about and loved by somebody. Oh, and so um, this reminds you of how your sister would uh, at night uh, prepare yeah. the bed when you got in the bed, but then in the morning she would have the breakfast of your dreams. Yes, and so that made you feel seen and loved and cared about, even though you were orphaned. Yeah, when you were little. Yeah, both parents died. With both parents okay. died. Yes. All right. right. So thank you for uh, did, listening. All right. Did I get it? You got it. Okay. Thank <clears throat> you for sharing. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. That was very sweet. Talk us through the steps. It sounded amazing. 
that's those are steps, and you can those that was a positive. But you could also I could have brought a frustration, and you would have done the same process. And by the way, when you said how can people learn to do this, I was going to say. Well, you can go to our website. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. We want to give you all tools, but if you want further learning, please go. I'll put the link in the show notes and we'll connect y'all with Harville and Helen to keep going because they do like half day. I mean, Bruce and I listened to a three hour session. So this is just, this is just the tip of the iceberg of, Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Right. This is great. This is fantastic. So talk us through, cause I've heard it. And so I knew what you guys were doing, but tell us the different steps. Well, the the steps are this, that you ask for an appointment if you want to talk. And your partner then, as Helen did, can say, well, I'm available now, or I actually uh, can't be available for five minutes or maybe till tomorrow. But you must respond, um, especially as a partner, uh, adult, intimate partner, must respond or, or at work or in other contexts. And then at the time you set, you show up. Uh, that's called creating uh, reliability, that you can ask for something you say, not now, but you'll come back and give it later. And then what I did was I'm the sender. I was the sender. And the sender always speaks from the uh, from the I. I feel, I think, I want, I heard, never using the word you. So because we discovered that you triggers defenses in a person's mind. If you use the word you, somebody wonders if you're going to say something negative. Yeah. Uh, and unless there's a history of no negativity, and we don't know of any of those. So that's <laughs> uh, generally that. And then Helen, as you heard, does what? When I send, she's a receiver. So she mirrors me back, meaning she says back to me what she heard me say. And she uh, says it with accuracy and with presence. And then she checks. Uh, did I get it? Which is an ac- what we call an accuracy check. And the reason we build that in is because we dis- the scientists have discovered scientists who do- is scientists discover all kinds of things. <laughs> so some some people who study how much does a person remember of what they heard, mm. and the um, routine number is thirty percent. Wow. Which means that whenever you're listening to somebody, there's always a seventy percent distortion rate. So it's important to say, uh, did I get that? And then for for uh, the other person to say, well, yes, you got most of it, but I also said. So that there's a kind of back and forth, a mirroring back and forth until you get all of it. So that's the accuracy check. And then Helen, as you heard, said, is there more about that? Now, that is the magic phrase, because instead of Helen saying, well, let me tell you something about me, she instead keeps the focus on me, which is, is there more about that? And that changes the normal patterns of most people uh, and says, I'm interested in what you're saying, or I'm interested in you. I'm available for more. What that does is make me feel relaxed, more safe. And then I do say, well, uh, I do have this feeling that comes up. And when I have that feeling, I have this memory that comes up. So I'm going now deeper into my experience of getting a cup of coffee. It was very complex. I got a cup of coffee that reminded me of uh, two memories from my childhood and of a feeling that was very important in my childhood. So it wasn't just a cup of coffee. It was the reinforcement of a positive historical event so that my brain has now that whole chain of memories, which is very important. 
what you remember and the memories you have determine what you will expect to happen in your life. And so yes. I'm expecting with these kinds of memories that I'm going to have another good memory so that that's a way to live in the world. Uh, and then uh, she continues to mirror back. And we didn't do one piece of it uh, because we were trying to not use up too much time and say, so let me see if I've got it all, which is a summary. Okay. And if she had done that, she would have said, well, if I got it all, you, you like the cup of coffee fixed this way because it reminds you of your uh, sister's turning the cover back and fixing your breakfast. Did I get did I get it all? And I would say yes. And if we had longer, then she would say something like what we call a validation. Will you make sense, Harville, that uh, if you had that kind of childhood and that sort of interaction with your sister when you were little, that when I bring you a cup of coffee, that you would have a memory similar to that. That really makes sense. And I can imagine when you get that cup of coffee in the morning, so this is empathy, I can imagine you must feel really cared about and loved. Then I get all of that. And I would say, yep, you got it all. It was a great validation. And the empathy was right on target. That is was my feeling. So that's the kind of breakout of the thing. And that's what we teach when people come to our Safe Conversation workshops. Uh, we also encourage people using the dialogue to use succinct sentences, and this makes the dialogue more successful. And that didn't actually happen in our dialogue. And you can set up times to really go into more detail and ask for a, a dialogue that that shares deeper feelings and that might be longer. But uh, in this fast-paced society, it's often, it's great to use dialogue any chance you can, but everyone needs to learn to deliver the content, whether it's a frustration. Oh, our big thing is converting frustrations into request. Yeah. A complaint into like some kind of action point. Yeah. And then say it succinctly with a kind look in your eye and a kind tone of voice. Hmm. So good. And I'm thinking even going back to the appointment that this is something we could use if if, if a parent is co-parenting, maybe with a, an ex-spouse and you need to make an appointment about an issue or a, a concern or even exactly. if you are going to give an affirmation, um, validation. And then with a child, you had mentioned, uh, I'm thinking teens, parenting teens is so challenging and can be reactive. Their fight or flight going off, your fight or flight going off, and you end up in a, a screaming match instead of even connecting. So uh, I feel like that appointment is is just very respectful. And also it does provide that boundary if you have a, a very challenging relationship where the boundaries aren't being respected. If you haven't heard of this brand, I am thrilled to introduce you to Warby Parker. Warby Parker was founded with this rebellious spirit and lofty goal to create boutique quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point. They have prescription glasses at $95. You can also order prescription sunglasses. They have contact lenses. They have blue light lenses, progressives. You can even just get the cute frames with just a lens inside. It doesn't do anything if you just want to be cute. Now, what I love is they have a try-on kit, a home try-on kit. So you can go on their website, take a quiz, and pick five frames that they will send to your home. Now, what I did to help me pick those five frames is I used the app on my phone so I could 
the camera gets access on my phone and I could see myself wearing the glasses, which is really helpful because I've been told I have narrow set eyes and I'm also trying to like pick the right color to go with. I'm apparently a spring if you've heard of dressing for the season. So it's really helpful in picking my five pairs and then they come to my house. I can try them on with my clothes. My boys can weigh in if I want them to. And as a Don't Mom Alone listener, you can do this too. You can try the Warby Parker's free home try on program, something fun to do in January. You order five pairs of glasses to try on at home for free for five days, and there is no obligation to buy them. They ship for free. It includes a prepaid return shipping label. So you can try five pairs of glasses at home for free if you go to warbyparker.com forward slash DMA. And I also saw that you can save 15% when you purchase two or more pairs. Quaid has a pair of Bruce has a pair. This can be a whole family thing. So just go to warbyparker.com forward slash DMA to sign up to get your free home try-on kit. Well, the, the appointment, I just was reminded while you were talking that we have a daughter who has six children. Oh, wow. And uh, they range from, what, four, uh, six years now to 18 years. But the, the youngest one, Sibo, uh, that Catherine taught him, four year olds, when he was four years old, and kids just always violate your boundaries. They <laughs> just run in. And, and so, what Catherine did was to just to say, hold it, Sibo, uh, hold it. So, mom wants to tell you how to get my attention. So, when you want to talk to me, always come and say, hey, mom, can I have an appointment? Mm. And you can imagine this little kid trying to process that. But she said, and then I will talk with you and then I will listen to you. And so, and she wouldn't do it unless he did. So we were over there one day and I could not believe that Sibo ran up to uh, Catherine and said, hey, mom, can I have appointment? (laughs) (laughs) And it has to be done with a kind tone of voice. Yeah, She said, if they're frustrated with us, if they're frustrated with a sibling, you cannot pout. You cannot use angry language in this home. Yeah. Everyone can say things respectfully, even if it's about problems. And and it's so. This is so important. And the family's di- is fabulous. Uh, all so six. Close. All six of these children use the process in their interactions. It's one of the. You'd think like, well, with all these rules, these kids must feel repressed. Yeah. No, they're thriving. Because when they use the process, they feel safe with each other. And the 18-year-old down now to the six-year-old are all doing that process. All of us think that we know how to do things naturally. Like we know how to, how to uh, fall in love. We know how to relate in a relationship. We know how to be a parent naturally. And we know how to talk. Obviously, we know how to talk because we talk <laughs> all the time. But what is, what is uh, the case is we don't know how to do any of that. We learn all of it from our environment. Then we model our environments. And and Catherine and Ron have modeled an environment of people being respectful, but not just saying, hey, be respectful, teaching them how to talk uh, in this way. And all their children are doing that. And all their children have great friends. They do it with their friends. And they have a whole slew of that. And this is what happens. They become a magnet. Because you're safe to be around, and when you're safe, you can be fun. Tell the story, Harville, of, I mean, that 
that sounds lovely if you have the calm the child coming up and calmly and you've reinforced that. But what if you have the tantruming? Yeah. I, I have a one of my four has sensory integration so he, issues. So he's been tantruming for a long time. Just okay. very goes into fight or flight very easily. So how would a parent use this in in engaging that child? Well, let me give you a, a brief story about it instead of just an instruction. Yeah. So- yeah. I was on the Oprah show years ago. I was on the Oprah show several times, and as Helen mentioned, and one of the shows was about our book called um, Giving the Love That Heals, Guide for Parents. So Oprah was featuring the book, so she had me on and brought on a parent and put me and the parent (laughs) together and said, so this parent wants to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. So this parent told me about a tantruming child. So Oprah says, so, so Harville, what would you do? Uh, and what instructions would you give um, Susie about this child? So I said, well, actually, it was my first uh, kind of clinical, live, public uh, talk to a parent about what to do with your children. Yeah. Because we had not been doing parenting workshops. We had just written the book on it, which we adapted what worked with couples because all parents are couples, yeah. just adapting it to parenthood. So I said, well, um, and I told um, this mother that when uh, she goes home, that when her child goes into a tantrum, to sit down on the floor at eye level with the child, just sit down and be eye level with the child and mirror back what the child is saying. Because the child would be screaming at the mother, you don't love me and you don't that. And, you know, uh, just mirror back what the child is saying. And the mother just appalled that she would mirror back all these mean things that the child was saying. And I said, mirror them back. And Oprah said, uh, so if she mirrors them back, what is going to happen? And I said, well, I can assure you that if you mirror it back accurately and with warmth, not with anger, that your child will calm down and will calm down pretty quickly. So Oprah said, okay. So she sent the mother home and said, you go home. And you all, you and I, I want you and Harville to come back next month, and you report to the world what happened with your <laughs> child. And at that point, I went into panic because you have to train people to do this, and I'd yeah. never seen this mother before. I didn't even know she remember what I said, but she did. She went home, and she came back that month and reported that she did exactly what I said. She sat down on the floor, she called the child by name. And she, at the same level of intensity of the child, said, so you hate mommy. You don't want to be around mommy. Mommy is mean to you. So is there more about that? And the child, and she said, after saying it the second time, the child broke into tears, calmed down, ran over, and sat in my lap and sobbed. And uh, she said, I was totally blown away. But here's the good part. She has not tantrumed in a month. Hmm. So uh, my reputation was not destroyed, (laughs) (laughs) but but in fact, enhanced. And the book went on the New York Times bestseller list uh, after that. That's great. Yeah. So the point, the point of all that is that you have to hold, and I mean this, listen to hold, not react to another person's experience without trying to change it, without being critical of it or anything. And when you do that, the other person's amygdala, which is the emotional center of their brains, will be overtaken by the prefrontal cortex, which is the rational part of their brain, and they will calm down. 
and then you can connect uh, without the emotional uh, conflict. And it it's, it works every time. It works with parents, with children, couples with each other. It is uh, something that we now know scientifically that if you mirror another person back accurately and with warmth and not and no judgment, no trying to change their minds, something will happen inside of them that will be marvelous. I tried this on a walk with Bruce. Yeah. We um, were working through something and, and it was really <laughs> stretching to simply reflect back instead of feeling defensive and wanting to say my point of view or what I thought about what he had to say or where I thought he was wrong, but to simply listen, acknowledge, reflect back, ask if there was more, validate why I could understand him having that. Like that was very stretching to me to get the negative feedback. But then I also felt like it led into a conversation where I had to reveal getting that negative feedback, what it did for me. So how do you, if you have one sender and one receiver, does it then, once you've gone through the whole cycle, you can switch and have a sender receiver? Yeah, you, okay. you, can, you can do that. The, the recommendation is that you not do it at that moment. Okay. Because this person who is now calmed down is in a very vulnerable place, feeling mm. safe, like they've been heard and they've been validated. And then when you switch and say, but let me tell you what your thing did to me, then their defenses will be triggered again. So take some time in between, maybe an hour or two hours, and then have an agreement that you can, but then you talk from your hurt and that a person in this case, Bruce would have to listen to your experience. It's the same thing to just reverse to your experience without judging it. Yeah. If you don't, then I could see how one spouse or one partner would just constantly be bringing their grievances right. and maybe someone who's a more withdrawn or less likely to bring up conflict or the uh, conflict averse may just take it and never communicate back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let me mention that I also think instead of waiting and setting up another time, the two of you can co-create. You might want a distance, but you might be open to yeah, doing it point. right back and forth. But uh, one of the really important things that we cannot end this without saying is, Heather, when you were doing that and Bruce was talking and you were saying sentence stems that allowed you to listen and not contradict him at that moment, and you can contradict him later, but in that moment, you were just mirroring and validating his point of view. This is how he feels. This is his story. It's not your story. But from Bruce's life, what he's saying makes sense. You are transforming, you're integrating your brain, and you're really strengthening the cortisol part, the upper part of of the neocortex. And you're strengthening the best part of your brain that releases healthy neurochemicals acetylcholine, norepinephrine, dopamine, and uh, serotonin. And these are neurochemicals of calm, as opposed to if you're angry at Bruce and you tell him you're angry and he deserves it, right? (laughs) Everyone's in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's sweet, but yeah, yeah. And especially if you talk about it when you're frustrated, your whole neural system releases cortisol and 
uh, serotonin, and these are toxic neurochemicals. And people who talk from that part of their brain get sick more often, have Mm. weaker immune systems to defend against COVID, and they don't live as long. So it's really, these sentence stems take you to a healthy part of your brain, and you have neural integration. Yeah. When you take time to let Bruce have his perspective, and you accept it, that that's his perspective. You're not saying you agree with it, but you're allowing him to have his view. And then he needs to allow you to have your view. Yeah, and to push it a little more in terms of a stretch, when you're listening to Bruce, if he's talking about a, a hurt that he has had, and he's doing it even as a criticism, the an, another level, which is a growth level, is you have to be aware that your partner had a childhood in which they did not get a need met, which is showing up as a frustration in your relationship. Yeah. And if it shows, if, if the same frustration shows up twice or three times, you know it's from the past, it's from childhood. So the partner, the listening partner can imagine, gosh, I can be empathic for Bruce. What must have been like for him to be a child, for him to be having this feeling over and over now in our relationship? And when you go into empathy, you do even more integration that like Helen is talking about. And, uh, and your brain grows more integrative. You become less reactive and more responsive. And it also produces a positive effect on, on the partner or on the child. When I'm thinking you get more curious. If you're noticing that pattern, you're curious to know where that's coming from. And you're asking exactly. curious, empathetic questions instead of defensive, critical statements. Curiosity is a great uh, connector. You all are amazing. Well, thank you very much. And we are delighted yes, to be on with you. Again, there's so much. Um, oh, there's so much. You, you can, I mean, no, I, what I was going to say, there's so much on the website. Yeah, yes, and yes, people yes. People who want to learn how to do it, there's a level one of the training. And this is just if you want to be, use it in your own life. You can mm-hmm. sign up to be Safe Conversation trained. And level two, you can begin to teach it to others. Uh, but there's also an essential course that people can buy that gives all sorts of instructions on how to do this at home. So helpful. So helpful. I really, really appreciate y'all. We'll definitely link to all that. And it's, I mean, transformational in a time with a lot of unsafe conversations going on. So thank you for offering your wisdom to us today and uh, just excited for all that God's going to do through this conversation. So thank you. Thank you for having us on, Heather. It was fun to meet you and to have a conversation with you. And blessings on your ministry. I think God's trying to work through you all. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. An honor to be on. Okay. I hope what they shared makes sense. I think I'm going to do an Instagram live the week that this show airs. And if you're listening to it way later, maybe look through my archives. Archives? That's a word. Archives on Instagram and find that uh, live video that hopefully saved to IGTV um, just to kind of show you what this looks like. After I recorded that night at dinner, um, I brought it up with my boys, just talking to them about what it looks like to have a safe conversation. And I said, does anyone want to try it? And actually, Bruce and I modeled to the boys talking through a tiny conflict we'd had while playing Settlers of Catan the night before. And then one of my boys tried it out on another one of my boys and just shared something. Anyway, it ended up bringing up like a really good thing that needed to be worked through. And it is challenging to hold back on your judgments and 
critiques of that person's feelings, but I found it really insightful to hear their perspective when I kind of turned off my critique and leaned into my curiosity. So um, I'm going to pray over us for marriages represented here, for families represented. Lord, I thank you so much that we have the privilege of being in relationships. I thank you that the way that the Trinity is set up is relational and that that matters to you. I pray that we could be a part of one another's healing, that we would listen without judging, but first leaning in with curiosity and point one another to truth, but in a really kind and gentle way and so that our relationships can be stronger. I pray for moms and dads that are discouraged, that their marriage is too far gone, that they can see the hope that conflict is a place for potential future growth. And even with teens, if parents are really struggling to communicate well with their teens, that this could be a tool they try on their end. I thank you and praise you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. I told you all I would share a code with you to get a discount. So if you use the code DMA over at safeconversations.com at checkout, you can get 50% off your choice of a Safe Conversations Essential or the Ultimate Couples Bundle. Both of those courses you will get free tickets to a live workshop of your choice, which is a $196 value. Do not sleep on this. This is a huge deal that they're offering you 50% off of your choice. The Safe Conversations Essential or the Ultimate Couples Bundle. Use the code DMA. They're so kind to offer that. They did not have to do that, but they love what we're doing over here and they want to support families and couples. So, Thanks, y'all. I'll meet you back here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.